This is Eighth Day Encouragement, a recap of the Sunday service, offering hope and faith from the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. You can find us online at holytrinity-nyc.org. There's an online class that I've been tempted to take. It's free, and it's offered through Harvard, and it's called Science and Cooking, From Haute Cuisine to Soft Matter Science. Looking at the syllabus, the class seems to cover how chefs do some of the fancy tricks they do with food in various restaurants, the way they use foams and gels. But the class also covers things like how heat moves through different textures and shapes, how the humidity, the temperature, the altitude might affect various ingredients. The class is interesting to me, the idea of taking the class at, at least, because there's a part of me that thinks that if I were to go to that class to, to take lectures or, or understand more about chemistry or read the right book, I'd never make mistakes in the kitchen. Nothing would ever be burned, nothing underdone, no strange chemical reactions. I'd know exactly what to do if the room were unusually humid or dry or if the oven cooked fast or slow. I like to imagine that armed with the right information and know-how, I could control the outcome and ensure the results. I don't think I would do very well with the people of Israel in today's first reading from Exodus 16. In Exodus, we hear how manna was given to the people of Israel. Manna as, as food, as bread from heaven, given by God to save them in the wilderness. Manna would be good one day at a time, but there were no assurances that it would come the next day. You couldn't save it. It was daily manna. And almost like chicken salad at a hot summer picnic, if it weren't eaten right away, it would spoil. Left unnoticed, the manna would become wormy. Put in the sun, the manna would melt. This manna was food, but it was also more than food, because manna was meant to be consumed with a good side of faith. And more than just a side of faith, really, it took all of one's faith to to be able to be receptive to God's care and God's guidance. It took faith to rely on the Lord to lead them through the wilderness. It took faith to go to sleep each night, trusting that there would be food on the morrow. In today's gospel, in John 6, the story picks up just after Jesus has done his miracle with the multiplication of the loaves and fishes. He has fed thousands from very little. But this week, it sounds like the people are still hungry. Not so much that they want more food, but they want more of Jesus, more magic, more signs, more proof that Jesus is God. Well, Jesus lays that sort of hunger bare when he tells them, don't look at me to feed you, at, not, at least not in the way you're expecting it. You're looking but not seeing. Look deeper for the food that endures for eternal life. And yet the people persist. They remind Jesus that God gave the people of Israel that sign of the manna in the wilderness. Can't Jesus give some miraculous sign like that or even better, something really convincing? But Jesus says, no, it comes down to faith. Look to God for the true bread from heaven. Look to God for the bread that comes down and gives life to the world. 
And then Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. And so Jesus is saying that if we stay in relationship with him, then we are fed. We're fed spiritually in every and in uh, every other way. Often we do instead the spiritual equivalent of junk food. It's easier, it's faster, it, it meets an immediate need. We, we grab a spiritual nutrition bar and we run. We step away from the table of the Lord and we begin to drift away. And then before we know it, every relationship begins to change a little bit with the distance. It's, it's like with an old friend. We forget to return a call, to send a note, to respond to an email. And as time passes, we get disconnected. All of a sudden, we're surprised when we hear big news has happened to our friend and we haven't been a part of it until we stop to realize that we've drifted, we've lost touch. I recently heard a long-distance runner interviewed on television. The interviewer asked the runner how much water she would typically drink during one of her marathons. She explained that she had to be careful not only to drink before and after, but during at regular intervals. And she had to be careful to drink water before she actually felt thirsty. Otherwise, if she waited until she was thirsty, it was too late and her body would already be somewhat dehydrated and she would be operating on less than capacity. Well, isn't the spiritual life a little like a marathon? If we wait until we notice the absence of Christ, if we wait until we feel God's distance, then it takes a lot more effort to feel that closeness, to know again the consolation, the encouragement, the faith that we need to get through the day. And so the church invites us to eat and drink regularly at this table in the sacrament of Holy Communion, at the table of fellowship, at the table of Christian friendship. Jesus reminds us of communion, communion with other people, communion with God, and especially the union with him through his body and blood. I am the bread of life, he reminds us. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. Let us pray. Let your continual mercy, O Lord, cleanse and defend your church, and because it cannot continue in safety without your help, protect and govern it always by your goodness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. On August 1st, at the 11 o'clock Holy Eucharist, the anthem was sung by Mr. Kyle Yamprio.
You've been listening to Eighth Day Encouragement. The eighth day is a Monday after the seven days of the week, but the eighth day also stands as a new creation outside the pattern of the usual seven. And so the eighth day symbolizes resurrection, hope, and the possibilities for new life. I'm John Bedingfield, the priest and rector at the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. I hope you'll come and visit us in person one day, but you can also worship with us through Facebook Live, follow us on YouTube, and learn more at holytrinity-nyc.org. God bless you this week and always.